Hello and welcome to the Animal Intuitive Show. This is Ann Angela Webb, the Animal Intuitive. I hope you're ready to have some fun tonight. We're going to learn how to walk like a dog. So my intro song was really apropos tonight because we have a special guest. Her name is Bobby Brown. She's from the Dog Trainers Connection. And she is going to talk with us about her special program about how to walk like a dog, which is both a relaxing and fun sort of walking meditation, but I'm going to let her tell you all about it. But first, let me just um, have uh, Bobby introduce herself and tell you a little bit about her, her background and training and what she does. And I also just want to thank um, Jennifer Ahmad, who's here. I really appreciate her help right now. So hello, Jennifer, and thank you for your help and for putting up that link. Okay. Well, I am Bonnie Brown. Um, Did I call you Bobby Brown? Yes. I'm thinking makeup, okay. apparently. That's right. That's a famous hey. And, and the okay. other music, the musician, too. I'm so sorry. Oh, that's right. No problem. No problem. I'm Bonnie Brown, and um, I, just to give you a little bit about my background, um, I started training in New York City in 2001, and uh, my training mentor was very passionate about bringing dog trainers together to learn from each other and to network, and we, my husband Joel, who's my partner in Dog Trainers Connection, we started holding events in the tri-state area, started out in Manhattan, and we had a lot of trainers come through who are now known, uh, Victoria Stillwell before, wow. when, when she was just learning to be a dog trainer, and um, the gentleman who developed the Peter Borschelt, he developed the first head halter, and this was back in the day when, when dog trainers at the time weren't really superstars uh -huh. it's it kind of building up yeah and um pre-dog whisperer and all that exactly exactly but my training mentor had studied for many many years with a lot of the great people and um so and i continued dog training on my own um as helping people out and the, the dog that got me started was the norwegian elk hound puppy that we adopted from the ASPCA in Manhattan and her name was Ingrid and <laughs> elk hounds pull <laughs> they just they're like I'm going you know and I'm going to that park and my shoulder was being pulled out of its socket so I started taking dog training classes and um, I just kept going. We did obedience work, agility, trick training. I was super into it. And then I developed a love for just helping other people and their dogs. And I started assisting dog trainers in their classes. And at the same time, holding our dog trainer, dog trainers connection events in Manhattan. And at the time, um, there, there were all kinds of methods for teaching a dog not to pull, some very harsh. Um, and I, I just want to share something. The one that helped me with Ingrid was something called the stop-start method. Mm -hmm. And um, it was like we were on a six-foot leash. The park was a block and a half away, Central Park. But if, she, if that leash wasn't slack, she wasn't getting to the park. So I just stopped. And then she turned around, you know, pull, pull, turn around, what's going on? And then the leash would go loose and I would take a few steps. It would get tight again. Well, it took a long time to get that loose leash. You know, we didn't get to the park for, for, for a few times. When she learned, okay, I can get to the park if it's a loose leash. So I think I not only have an affinity for helping people um, get comfortable with their dogs, live comfortably with them, get them happy and the dogs happy, 
um, the walking piece has been near and dear to me. Um, and I had another dog, Bianca, when we got it five years old. And her thing was she just wanted to go. She was 10 pounds, so much easier than an elk pound to control. But I ended up just letting her take me on walks mm. and realizing, okay, that's what she wanted to do. She was less reactive to other dogs because she really didn't like dogs at all. And I kind of, it, this was the process, I believe, in which mm. I developed, okay, there is a way to get a nice walk with your dog and not be frustrated and get angry at the dog and, and feel yeah. like you failed and, and you know and here I'm a dog trainer and you know and, and I couldn't control my dog so um to make another long story short no I I interviewed <laughs> thank you <laughs> I interviewed a dog trainer dog trainers connection has a podcast on our website and I interviewed a trainer named Dina Pavlis who is out in Oregon near the dunes and Pacific Ocean and she learned a course from her training mentor called Walk Like a Dog and I read about it and I said oh, I read there. <laughs> yes the description of her course Okay. Um, so I interviewed her and basically what Dina said is that not only is this walk good for anybody because it's just relaxing and de-stressing, if someone's bond is broken with their dog, right. it helps heal it. Mm -hmm. And so she gave me her blessing to pass Walk Like a Dog on and to give the course, but I wanted to do it live like she did it. She would have her clients come to her facility and they would go out on their own and do walks, do this walk like a dog, come back and talk about it. The pandemic hit and I realized that it wasn't safe to call people together, even outside. I didn't feel comfortable with it. And so my husband and I put our heads together and we said, okay, how can we do this online in the most effective way? Mm -hmm. And so what we did was we created an audio narration where it's as if I'm with you out on the walk, leading you every step of the way with your dog. And there is a, a Qigong short meditation as part of the course and also a troubleshooting PDF um, and so that is how the course came to be um, and what I'm finding is that and, and I will tell you a little story about our current elk hound Akira we got her three years old I don't believe she was ever walked on a leash. And again, like my first elk hound, just super strong and wanting to get to squirrels and kill things and hunt and just very difficult to walk. And I find that when I practice what I'm teaching in the course, I have a completely different mindset about her. Mm -hmm. And I see, I focus in on what she's doing. So I'm able to relax. Yeah. And I, the whole course is, the premise is to not judge yourself and not judge your dog. Mm -hmm. And the outcome of this walk, besides learning about your dog, learning about yourself, is getting the gift of being in the moment with your dog and that's what your dog teaches you on the walk yeah and and every time i focus when akira pulls and i and and puts her head down to sniff and i get maybe say oh you know why is she pulling she walked 
really nicely a second ago and I take my mind off of the pulling piece and focus on what is she smelling? Why are her ears moving back? What is she hearing? When I focus on that, I just it just lets go of any frustration about her behavior outside. Mm -hmm. It's incredible. I actually will we'll talk about because I did uh, try it myself today. And so I'll talk about oh, that too. But um, just you. yeah, and just to let everyone know you can ask questions. Um, Bonnie's happy to answer questions. And, um, you know, that's what the chat's for. So feel free to, to type in if you do have questions during during the interview. Um, so um, I guess I'm wondering, you know, maybe one of the questions that I think maybe might be coming up for people is how does this play into like when you have traditional dog training and you're trying to, you know, follow all these instructions about the dog must walk next to you and, you know, you must be confident and be the leader and be the one in charge and all this stuff that you hear from dog training. Yes. Um, how do these things like how do they come together? How does this how do they play in? Is it one or the other or how do you um, tell us about that? What your thoughts are? Um, that's that's a very good question. I mean, I think each person needs to find the tool that they're comfortable with in walking their dog be it a harness, um, certain type of collars, uh, just a regular buckle collar if their dog does okay on that, um, and not, and find out what works for them and their dog, because it really is different for everybody. Mm -hmm. And as a dog trainer, I really try not to be judgmental about the type of tool that the person chooses to use. If I go into somebody's house and they're using a tool that maybe I don't think is the right choice, I still want to work with them within the parameters of what's comfortable for them. And then maybe in the future, when things get a little more under control with their walking, they're willing to try something else. So I think it's, um, I really feel that when the let me just say a little something about the details of the walk because on this walk your dog's leading you mm -hmm. and the way the walk starts out is that i instruct people to just stand still and they can do this in their backyard on yeah city i messed street. that part up <laughs> yeah. That's okay. i was like out the door and walking and it was like do not oh. walk and i was like oh <laughs> And do, and do not talk to your dog. Yeah, so everybody, just before, if you get, when you get this, don't go anywhere at first. Be prepared that you need to, this isn't like your dog is bursting to go to the bathrooms and you're running out the door, so. Exactly, exactly. And um, so you, when you step out your door and you just stand still, that, whatever kind of collar you're on or, and however long your leash is, you are kind of resetting the parameters of your walk with your dog. And I've had people tell me their dog got really nervous at that and was jumpy and, and kind of moving around and seemed stressed by it. Mm -hmm. um, other people, you know, the dog just like looking back, maybe even grabbing the leash in frustration. Why aren't you going? <laughs> you know, and starting to pull and if if you give it time and just stand there and take the breaths that I'm teaching and just focusing on yourself and just letting your dog be, it's a way to set things up for this relaxed, de-stressing walk because one hope is that your dog will put its head down and start sniffing. And yes. at that point, if your dog says, okay, well, oh, let me look down. Oh, there's an interesting smell. At that point, you can move forward. Mm -hmm. 
so and but you can adjust that it can just be when you when when you're ready when you're relaxed and then you move out ideally the dog should should be sniffing um just a little more relaxed than pulling on the leash but I'm telling you, even if your dog is really reacting big time, I don't want to set parameters for this walk that you have to do this or you have to do that or your dog has to be a certain way because really that's what not that's not what this walk is about. Mm -hmm. So um, starting out not moving is something different. And hopefully your dog's like, oh, okay, this is different. Right. And then when you start moving out, you're just letting your dog go where it goes. If it's pulling you and, and not hurting you, then just keep going and, and, and move with your dog. And in the narration, I tell you what to focus on yes. mm -hmm. and what to observe, start observing in your dog. So it's, um, and then along the way in the walk, I do teach people some breathing to do for themselves, observing what their dog is doing. It could be a, a sniffing in the lamppost in, in the street or in the country, in, in, in the grass, observing what your dog is doing you become less judgmental and you let go and you start noticing, oh, my dog's in the moment. My dog's here. My dog's doing this. Oh, my dog caught a scent. My dog's going there. And you're allowing them to lead you on what their walk would really be if you weren't controlling them or saying, okay, we're walking this way today. We're on our usual place. This is um, really your dog leading you and you learning from what they're doing on their walk. Right. So I, to me, this was um, animal communication in, 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 in a way. Like this was, because um, mm -hmm. it has elements of even some things that I do when I'm teaching. So I was like, oh, this is similar. I did have to keep myself from communicating with her though, because I was like, Oh, this is perfect. She's got me breathing and, you know, slowly, you know, meditation basically in a way, like a walking almost meditation and, and connecting yes. with my dog. And then I had to refrain from taking it further into really like uh, asking her questions. Like, what are you? It was, it wasn't exactly that. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what I will say that I really liked about it, for me, what I really got out of it um, was you mentioned in it when you're when you're um saying it you said you you know you may from this you may find that this or that you may be seeing this or learning this and that or you may just be feeling i think i don't remember the exact words but like freed from judgment from expectation or something and that's yes. how i felt it was nice to just like not um to just just kind of walk freely and not and just make it like take all that pressure off and not be oh she's not you know doing the the form that she should be and i did actually do this with one dog instead of both of my dogs um because i thought it would be better initially yes. yeah yes. um yes it, it definitely would work better with one dog yeah um, you're you're absolutely right it's it's a way of focusing on yourself as you let your dog just be how they are naturally this and is then, and, that, and, that, and and that is hard because everybody you know you, you google training and your dog's doing this and okay well my dog needs to walk at my side and heal and not pull and we kind of mentally get into this mindset of yes yeah we're controlling the walk and yeah. and this this is just the opposite your dog is leading you on their kind of walk and 
and and I, that judgmental part I think is really important because I think all of us, um, you know, our dogs, our, our children, our, our family, and if they're misbehaving or pulling, acting up, we, right. you know, you, you you feel it's a reflection of you, and yeah. you, you know, yeah. that you failed in some way, and, and, and you get angry at your dog, and um, this walk really helps people focus on the positive things about their dog and really yeah. noticing what they're doing out there. Yeah, I would say it's, um, you know, you mentioned that it heals bonds. It heals broken bonds. That's something mm -hmm. that you said to me when you first reached out and mentioned yeah. this. And I can see that absolutely because there can be so much stress that builds up. Um, from, I don't know, there's just, the, like, as we're sitting here talking about it, there's so much around walking your dog the right way that it, there is so much judgment, like, oh, that person's, you know, and we all do it, like, you know, we see people whose dog is, like, leading them down the road, you know, and pulling the person, leading the walk, um, or, you know, or yanking the person, or... Sure. Um, you know, just, just quote unquote misbehaving. Um, and, and it does build like this stress, I think around it. And it's so nice to take that time to just have a nice walk and follow what your, your, your kind of voice is guiding you to do and being in the moment and appreciating them for, for who they are and what they can do, what they can um, take in in the world around them it's it's really lovely and i'd say it's like re rejuvenating or restoring um Thank you. yeah absolutely i really recommend it i really think that um and i have a link in the description below for people to get to that too if you're interested i really do think it and and not only that um i have to tell you i was a little bit under the weather the past few days and I have like sick rage. I don't know if you get this, but I get angry when I'm sick. Like, I don't know, it's really weird. I don't like being sick and I get angry. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a good quality, it really isn't. Um, and my, my husband's like that, <laughs> yeah. he hates being sick. <laughs> yeah, it's sick rage. And I, <laughs> and I was just getting fed up with it. And I, um, and that's like a whole nother story because it was actually part of what was going on was pesticides that where I live, they spray pesticides, which are really bad for us and for our animals. And, and welcome to people who are coming in in the chat. Hi, Karen. If you have any questions, we are um, talking with um, not Bobby Brown, but Bonnie Brown of <laughs> Dog Trainers Connection who has uh, a audio guided walk called Walk Like a Dog. And we're talking about how, how this works and what it does for us. So feel free to ask questions. She's a dog trainer of many years. I think you said, was it 30 years or 20, um, 30 years? Long time, yes. very long yes. time. So lots of experience. Yeah, lots of experience. Um, and by the way, if you are getting anything out of this video, we, I do appreciate so much you subscribing, liking, and sharing. It really helps the show and, and to help other people who have pets who may be having things that they need help with. So um, anyway, pesticides. I have a pesticide guy. <laughs> if you get pesticides built up in you or your pets, I have somebody who's excellent at a distance in helping you get rid of those. So please feel free to email me. He doesn't have a website, so I can't, there's no way for me to put that here. He's word of mouth, so reach out to me. Um, I have that issue here because they spray near me and I can't, I can do, I'm like a victim of pesticides. So I got, I was getting sick from it and I was starting to come down from it because he did some clearing work on me and this walk like solidified that. Like I, I was really needing it. I did it at about four o'clock. The show started at seven and it really helped to just, you know, breathe in and go on this nice, nice walk with my dog, who, um, who she did definitely love it. Let me tell you, she, can I pull this in? Let me see. She, I played a little bit of it before, but she absolutely loved it. She loved that her brother wasn't there. That was part of it. She got to do a walk 
without her big Along brother. Along with Mama. Yes. She got to do it all herself. And you can see how happy she is. Look at that. Look at... She, um... I think that's when we turned around. Um, nope, there she goes. She stops. And she just sniffed everything. I mean, she was sniffing every little thing. She was just loving it. Um, so, and... Um, a question that Karen had, are you mediums? Um, I don't believe that um, Bonnie works in that realm. Um, no. And I don't consider myself exactly a medium. I mean, I, I'm an animal communicator, so I understand what animals are thinking and feeling. Um, so, um, and, and I just wanted to throw in here, um, when you were talking about um, not feeling well and and the walk i think um you know now too with it, you know covid everybody was mostly home with their dogs yeah. and maybe working from home so there still was a lot of stress but now a lot of people going back to work right. um you know walking can be a real chore like oh got to take my dog out yeah mm -hmm. you know and, and and more stress and I think not that you're going to do this 20-minute walk for every walk but I think mm -hmm. learning how to do it and trying it um, really can change your mindset about about your dog about who they are um, yeah. what they're doing outside I, I described looking at body language, tail, ears, what you can see on your dog, um, and and the things that I've learned as a dog trainer, body language, which, which is something really that um, there are charts online that people can look up body language in dogs mm -hmm. and can learn very simple things like um, a dog yawning probably means stress. Uh, tongue flicking out often is a sign of the dog right at that moment is a little uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So um, on the walk, observing what your dog is doing, even if it's uh, lifting its paw, which may be, I'm feeling a little insecure, the front paw. Um, and you see that you can just observe it, not judge it, um, and learn more about your dog on the walk. And if, if people can get out to an area where it's safe to walk, that is best. But again, this can be done even in your backyard on a leash, six foot leash, 10 foot leash, 15 foot leash, four foot leash mm -hmm. you know, it's really just because you can just stand there and then follow the, the narration of how to take this walk and um yeah it's um i i think it's a wonderful way of de-stressing while you're out walking your dog and i think when i say your dog teaches you how i really think I mean, it may sound a little weird, but I think that's what comes from this walk because you're seeing your dog be in the moment and you're letting your dog be in the moment. Right. And, and that develops a deep connection with your dog. Yeah. Um, and I think it, you know, you also were talking just about um, how their sense of smell, of course, is so much stronger than ours. Um, and for them, it's actually relaxing to be able to sniff and just stop and take it all in. It's, it's very healthy for them to have that time. Absolutely. It's, it's calming. It's, it's exercise. It's, it's how they explore. It's, um, de-stressing for them to sniff. That's why so many people do um, sniffing, take courses and scent work and mm -hmm. hide food in their house for the dog to find. 
Yep. And um, really good for dogs because that's how they operate mostly is nose. Yeah. And I mean, going back to even the fact that I took her out by herself, I think that sometimes it is good to take them out separately. If you're used to taking your dogs out all the time together, I know for me, a lot of times it's like a time saver to take them out at the same time, of course. Sure. So, <laughs> sure. Um, but, it, you know, I just, I felt reconnected with her. I felt like, you know, we got him a couple of years ago and mostly I take them together. So, you know, mm -hmm. but for, I guess that would have been five, six years of her life, I was taking her up by herself. So, you know, it reminded me of things and it was like a reconnecting. And so I mm. think it is good as a, as a, it's a good practice to, as you can, you know, maybe not every day, like you said, but um, to just do this individually, if you have multiple dogs, that is, um, to take the time as individuals and to, yeah. and to observe them in their their natural sort of state, you know, doing what they do and what they yeah. what they're kind of guided to do. So exactly. we'll say that also. Um, is there anything that um, you? I mean, maybe you could tell us. If, I don't know if you have had any sort of anecdotes or stories that you have of people that you've worked with that have done this and how it affected their. Um, life with their pet or um, well one um, I got interesting feedback from um, a relative of my husband's who did the course and she had worked with a trainer to, to walk with her dog brought food so she could distract her dog from eating things outside and you know, she worked with a trainer and she said that um, she really liked the standing still at the beginning and how I guided mm. her to stand still and not move out right away. And, you know, when I tested this course out, people, it was actually a shorter course. It was 12 minutes long. Mm. And um, I got feedback from people what worked for them, what they wished could be in it. And one of the things she said was that her dog kept pulling to lawns where the dog was not supposed to go, other people's lawns in walking. So um, I'm, I had to go back and say, okay, well, how do we work with that? And it is fine if people bring food because you can, if you use food on your walks or whatever you use to distract your dog, um, bring it on this walk like a dog walk. That's fine. Um, have it with you. If you're, if you use food and you want to get your dog away from something, or you have a certain thing that you say, you know, and you have to speak to them. Come on, let's go this way. Lure them away with food. That's fine because you can then stop again. And, and you know calm down from whatever it is and then move in another direction with your dog so it's 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 things are going to come up mm -hmm. say your dog hates other dogs and all of a sudden they see a dog in the distance and stiffens up right well it is fine to take your leash pull the dog and try to move in another direction Whatever, whatever you use. If, if you need to say, let's go, pull them around to get them away, that's fine because you can continue this walk once you get away from the distraction. Okay. So the, the feedback, and that's in the troubleshooting notes, the feedback that I got was, what do I do when, you know, the walk isn't ideal that way? My dog's gonna go pick up something that would be dangerous for them to eat, for instance. Yeah. Uh -huh. So you're not going to let them do that. You're going to try to, as gently as possible, guide them away from it and then continue even in another direction, letting your dog lead you that way. Okay. Yeah. And I did have so, to do that a few times. She was. You did? Yeah. She was. Okay. 
Yeah, she definitely and, could get into trouble if I let her. She's <laughs> and, and, and then I found people um, saying to me that it was hard to not talk to their dogs. And, and because we as owners tend to say all kinds of things constantly to our dogs. Mm -hmm. And, you know, dogs really follow body language. That's why when you teach dogs, if you teach a verbal sit command, that's fine. But actually a hand signal for sit is much clearer to a dog. Mm -hmm. And so dog trainers learn that and teach, you can teach both a, a verbal command and a hand signal. But, um, it, it, you know, we tend to talk to our dogs. So I got feedback that that was hard for people. Not just to, be yeah. quiet and not to, to say anything to their dog. Um, and and then I got, oh, go I'm sorry. No, no that's okay. Ahead. It just made me think of animal communication because that's a major um, component of learning to communicate with animals is to be able mm. to be quiet, um, to be able to sit and listen and be just not talking, which is sometimes the first part of the class is just helping people to stop talking because we're so used to talking. So it's interesting yes. how much this like dovetails with um, with teaching animal communication. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. It's it's getting on in sync with what your what your dog wants to do, what they're doing, what makes them happy outside, and by letting them lead you. And I got positive feedback um, that. Um, people really found my narration soothing to them. They liked the breathing yeah. that I walked people through, and um, and it just it just they when I did the twelve minute course they wanted more. So I <laughs> it's like it's too short. I wanted to take yeah. a longer walk. I would think so, so. Yeah, I think it was a perfect length. Um, yeah. Thank you. I could see how that might have been like you you would be left wanting more with just the 12 minutes. I definitely felt like it was a good length and um, and, and I, I really yeah. think and that once people and I'm sure it's when you work with people and you teach them um, your what you do and communicating with their animals um, it's a process and but mm -hmm. each each thing that you teach them, I'm sure, builds up to the next one, and right. it takes people different time to sure. to kind of come to their understanding of what you're teaching. So mm -hmm. this walk may be really frustrating the first time, but I would hope that people would go back, try it again, maybe just do the first part and just stand still and do the yeah. breathing and, and observe their dog and, and then that's it. And then later on, come back and do more of the, of the walk. Yeah, I think your pets will, your dogs will appreciate that a lot. If you just take the time to do this, anybody out there who's thinking about trying this, it really, um, I don't know, it's just, it seems, it's for me, it seems like a good idea to, to switch things up and to, um, just reconnect it's something that I'm you know I'm always teaching as an animal communicator but it's not focused on necessarily their outdoor lives like they're walking around lives and helping you to you know it just isn't quite the focus because I guess sometimes I feel like that's a lot a lot of times people are trying to um, incorporate training so you know, they're going to be like distracted if they're trying to do animal communication. So um, this is a way to do that. It's 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 an excuse to not have to sometimes, maybe it's an excuse not to have to do training, even if that, because like, so it just sometimes it does, it gets tiring. And I know what you mean by the, because even as an animal communicator, um, you know, people in the dog world, people can feel like, I think that you have to almost have like the perfect um you know like you were saying as a dog trainer you know not feeling like it's okay to 
have issues with your dog. I think that was Victoria Stilwell, too, that talked about... Was that her that had a dog that she had in the city that she was embarrassed because the dog was reactive? I'm not sure if that was her or if that was someone else. A ve- it was a well-known trainer. It was a, I know it was a female, and she said it was really Im- hard for her because she had this, like, you know, quote-unquote, like, misbehaving dog, and it was... She oh, was like, it was it's, so embarrassing. It's highly you know? <laughs> embarrassing to a trainer. And it, it's, um, and when you just said about people that are work with dogs in whatever capacity, always doing something and training. And yeah. um, when I started out with my elk hound, I had, thank God, I, I went right into a gung ho classes and getting up and park and running. And, and I had a trainer tell me, Bonnie, just stop, stop for a month and just relax, stop training. And I think that sometimes when you push animals too much, yeah. they can shut, they shut down mm-hmm. and, and, you know, let's go and you got to perform and, you know, you're not healing correctly and training this right. and drop it and leave it. And I mean, and those are all wonderful. Because you, when you do it, if you do it in a joyful way, you know you end up having a dog that wants yeah. to work with you. Right. But we get so into, um, you know, what you were just saying that, you know, we want our dogs to look good and to perform and to be well behaved and and not be reactive. And I mean, my my husband came up with a uh, oh, and I probably will forget what it was, but it was something that we posted on our Facebook page. Uh, I'm a dog trainer, so my dog is, my dog is perfect, right? <laughs> and dot, dot, dot. Right. Well, we got thousand, we got over a thousand comments on it and people just, yeah, yeah, right. my dog's perfect, yeah. And because that resonates with anybody who works who helps other people with their dogs? Yeah, um, mm-hmm. it's it's um, it can be embarrassing. It can be frustrating, and also, the trainers that go out and work constantly with other people's dogs, they may not have the time to work on mm-hmm. the issues with their own dogs. Right. And um, and and trainers also tend to adopt dogs that have issues. Because yeah. we know what to do, and we know, you know, to, how to help the dog, and we know the techniques, and um, and so, you know, when you're in the process of trying to get this dog to be well behaved and not reactive on leash, it takes time, and in the meantime, you're out with this dog that mm-hmm. may be out of control, and uh, <laughs> hey, and look. you're a dog. Isn't that my dog trainer with that dog that's dragging her across the street? Exactly, exactly. God, and I have been there. (laughs) It's so true. Yeah, I mean, for for an animal communicator, I think it's it's all of the above. It's like it's like it can be the trait. It can be outside thinking. Well, people might be like, "Oh my gosh!" Like this because the dog. Because we do that too. We tend to adopt the animals with the the most issues that you know the most traumatic pasts you know like quote-unquote healers you know that we're supposed to be quote-unquote healers um i don't know but that's it's so true um and the stress we put on ourselves you know and i think that it's interesting it's like part of the journey of like animals will teach us so many things and one of the biggest one is to help us let go of our ego as much as possible um, that's what I've learned, at least. That's <laughs> what I've found. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, they're wonderful and, uh, teachers. Yes, and um, it's it. I really um, when our dog Akira acts up outside. Now I find I just look at her and I go, "What is she looking at?" Why is she, you know, what is she focused on? Mm-hmm. What is she smelling? Mm-hmm. Why is she standing erect and, and looking in the bushes? What's there? Uh-huh. And, and it, it, 
I become interested in what she's doing, not that she's, you know, hasn't gone to the bathroom yet. I need to get back and do something. Um, they, you know, any of the frustration with her that she had real difficulty. I had real difficulty walking her when we got her last September. So mm. any of that frustration just kind of melts away mm. because I'm not judging her. I'm not judging myself that, that you know, I failed in some way because she still pulls somewhat mm -hmm. and, uh, or any other behavior. And that this is who she is right now and she is so much better than she was, and I mean, she wasn't even present when we got her. Yeah. Just, mm -hmm. you know, it was like my husband would say, you know, I, she's here, but I don't think she's really here. And that took a long time. It took four or five months for her to even just be with us. Yeah, that and, sounds like Cain, my German Shepherd, similar, very similar. We talked about that before. Um, yes. The similarities yeah um and the pulling and they're big animals and you know just it can be tough it can be tough yeah. on your shoulder yes, it can be... absolutely <laughs> oh my goodness yeah um and i'm wondering like what's your philosophy when when you sort of just decide to do that when you say you know what's she looking at let me just go with that for now do you like mm -hmm. how can you put this how do you how do you, um, how does that fit into, like, do you another, do you say, well, this isn't necessarily a time when I need to be working on the way she walks? We'll get back to that, you know, like another time. Or what, like, what's your thinking that allows you to do that at that moment? That's a really good question. Uh, for me, it's, um, that um, probably right at the moment before she was pulling mm -hmm. and wanted to be, go somewhere and was mm -hmm. pulling very strongly. And I think, well, and <laughs> being 100% honest with you, elk, Norwegian elk hounds are pullers they they mm -hmm. use they because they want to be out there independently working that's mm -hmm. what they're bred to do they're hunters they go out they round up elk and they're separate from the hunters and they bark and bay at them until the hunters come so they're really independent and they uh use their noses predominantly and um you know, she is, they're not the dog normally that, and, and I say this, not all of them, uh, you know, every breed has dogs, certain dogs that are, that are um, less independent than others, mm -hmm. you know, that are better at certain kinds of training, but um, I, my mind, just the minute I get any kind of feeling of frustration, like, I need to get back. She hasn't peed yet. Um, she doesn't like dogs or she, you know, who's going to come down the road that I'm already, you know, scanning? Right. Uh -huh. You know, how is that, you know, she's good with people, but is the dog going to come? Yeah. What's going to happen? Uh, do I have food with me? Can I distract her? So all of that can come up for me, but the minute she stops to focus on something, I just look at what she's doing. And that feeling of anxiety or stress about my agenda just goes away. Mm -hmm. And I practice that. And, you know, the minute I feel that stress, I look, I say, okay, I'm, I'm getting annoyed with, with what's happening on this walk. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. Let me focus on what she's doing, and it and mm -hmm. it just dissipates. So it, it's been a real. I mean, it did. I know when Dina talked originally, who who taught me this course, talked about um, her own personal experience with her dog of it healing the bond with her dog. 
um, it, it really can do that mm-hmm. because you start seeing your dog in in a different light and you're able to say yeah, take a breath mm. oh look at that the dog what is she seeing what's in the bushes there I wonder yeah. what that is appreciating and, yeah what they do yes yeah. yes appreciating what they do what what she needs at that moment and me letting go what what I need which yeah. maybe is to I wanted it to be a quicker walk right so so no matter what walk I'm on with her, mm-hmm. if anything comes up that I worry about or is anxiety producing for me, I just take a breath and then I say, what's Akira doing? Mm-hmm. And then that that brings me back to, oh, that's interesting. Right. And it's like you're going with the flow instead of like, again, like working, you're not working against the grain. You're just, you're going with it. Exactly. And and what yeah. you asked before, training is separate from that. Mm-hmm. If, if, if I'm going to do a training walk with her, maybe in our driveway, um, we did a lot of uh, posting exercises on a long line with her just to get her to follow us. Mm-hmm. And um, it, that's a different, that's a different walk than just going out with her to go to the bathroom. It could be a quick one to go to the bathroom. That's different. But if it's a walk where I want her to get some exercise, then this walk like a dog, de-stressing walk, is is good for that. And and I'm really hoping that it'll teach people to start seeing their environment like their dog does. And, and from seeing that themselves, mm-hmm. getting more in the moment like their dogs are. And, and it's that give and take and gift that you can give with your dog outside. Right. Yep. Absolutely. It, it helps everybody. It helps them. It helps us. Um, yeah. Boy, do we need de-stressing these days. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, a hundred percent. It's a great way to go about it. Um, so was there anything that we didn't talk about that you think would be helpful for people to know or consider? Um, um, well, um, I think, I think, um, People that adopt a dog, or you know what everybody says, rescue a dog. <laughs> that it is in terms of dog training and working with them, it's really good to find someone that you like, that you're comfortable with their techniques and what they do, to come in and help you because it can really be overwhelming. Mm-hmm. It can be overwhelming, not only with the pulling, but your dog being reactive to people, to dogs, um, just not settling down and calming down in the house. Barking at the door. Barking, yes, Mm -hmm. yes. And I know you have a lot of things that you work with people with Mm -hmm. getting their dogs to calm down. And... um, I think it's really important for people to seek help yeah. and not only just Google things on their own, that can be good, but if whatever they're doing is still frustrating them, to definitely reach out and talk to a trainer, uh, talk to a friend that had a good experience with a trainer and get recommendations mm-hmm. and, and and see if you like the style, what the trainer, what the trainer is doing, yeah. and uh, because it's just like there are different choices for collars, you know, harnesses, collars. Um, some people like e-collars. Some people go that route. Some people prongs, choke chains. You know, whatever you're comfortable with, and if you 
or working with a trainer that you that you like and you see good results in what's happening with your dog mm -hmm. then I think that, that that's what people should do and and and, and especially if you adopted a dog during the pandemic and you're still having issues right. um, to definitely reach out to oh, yeah they're now now a lot are getting returned now people are now that's what I hear yeah and, and, unfortunately yeah and I, and I think um, you know the whole separation anxiety issue with with dogs yeah. with people going back to work right. um, and again, the, the walk that I teach would be very, is a good exercise for the dog. I mean, it's, I predominantly think of it for the people, for the owner, mm -hmm. but the dog definitely gets a lot of benefits oh, from yeah. it. Oh, I felt like my dog, yeah, she 100% was, she, I mean, you could see her in that video. She was just, you know, that was her after, she was just, was thrilled that, she was so happy terrific. yeah because she spent the for the 20 minute um whole the whole 20 minute which of course the first part i wasn't supposed to be walking but i <laughs> um because okay. um it's a story of my life <laughs> um but the so the first 20 minutes she got to do her thing you know she got to sniff everything and then um I said, okay, it's time to turn back. It was getting really hot and we needed to turn around. It was yeah. getting late. And she knew that we were headed back. And it was like she was just, she was just so happy. She just had such a good time and she felt fantastic. So, yeah, I would and say did, it's for did both. She, did she do a lot of sniffing? Oh, yeah. Oh, tons, tons of sniffing. That's great. Yeah. She loved and, it. And did you notice anything? Um, interesting about her sniffing or the environment I think what I noticed it, I mean this is sort of specific to me because of the other dog but it was that she she really wanted to take the time to dig into the sniff like she wanted to a couple times she wanted to really stay with like one scent and get the whole yeah. scent and I feel like with my German Shepherd um, because I do feel like I have to I mean he's good like when when I take them on like a trail near here with other animals and people he doesn't he's not trying to hurt anybody or anything but I feel like people are intimidated by him and mm -hmm. me coming towards people with this 80 pound German Shepherd and another dog on top of it even though she's a little floof dog but um, <laughs> you know, I mean, she's 40, yes. she's I'm probably up to 50. She needs a little, she needs to lose some weight, but, um, you know, for people to see these two, you know, a medium and a big size dog coming towards them. Sure, and sure. so I'm feeling like I have to look very in control of them and that it's also not the biggest, widest path. So I feel like I can't be a jerk and take up the whole path. So I'm trying to keep them next to me. So it's like a whole, like, again, me trying to control that's the different. whole situation so sure, sure. her getting to do that walk and mm. not having him there and being able to, to really like stop and just like take in the scent there was one scent um that because you're saying like what do you imagine that that smells like and i feel like whether i imagined it or was communicating it it was um interesting because i was picking up a lot of urine <laughs> um, that she was smelling a lot of dogs uh -huh. walk this trail so she was yeah. sniffing rocks and different things, and it was like a, I actually got some kind of a, um, a fruit smell, mm. something like that. Um, and I'm not sure if it was in a urine or if it was under there, but like some kind of a something that. Um, oh, wow, so, that's interesting. Yeah, so when you, you tune in, you can come up with some really interesting <laughs> yeah. senses. Are, yeah. are you planning to do the walk with your shepherd? Yeah, I'm looking I forward to trying with him. Yeah, definitely. Yep. That's terrific. He'll get his time too. Yeah. <laughs> My big boy. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, they'll all get it. So, yeah, I, I encourage everyone to do I think this is a great way to also practice your animal communication. I think, you know, it, it opens you up to that as well because um, 
Bonnie starts you with sort of a grounding exercise and it um, it's helpful for that so some not that you want to actively be communicating because that isn't the point of it but it all just works together you know just sometimes you know you just might find that your ability to communicate with animals opens up through doing stuff like this and you might just be things might pop in um that you don't expect information that you don't expect might just pop in um and if you focus on doing animal communication after this walk too i think that you'd be in a better place for it to to hear what your animals has to say about it ask them <laughs> thank you let us know people who are listening tell us how yes. it goes we'd love to hear about it let us know in the comments and um we will have that link to um to be able to go out and get that as well and um this is the website there that um, jennifer posted thank you <laughs> the dog trainers connection website and we'll have a link directly to the the walk too, the walk like a dog audio so thank you so much for being here thank really, you it's wonderful thank you this, this really has i really appreciated it and uh, i'm so glad that you got to try the walk me too and cheyenne says one. thank you cheyenne. <laughs> Welcome, cheyenne. she says thank you very much um and if anybody um needs an animal communicator that's what i do um <laughs> you can reach me at intuitive touch all the links are in the description and um i'm usually here every week for furry thursdays if i'm not sick or what have you and i do communicate with animals for free on those furry thursday nights at 7 p.m the details are in the description there too for how to um have me do that with your pet and thank you so much everybody and have a lovely night day or whenever you're listening to this